0: Water in the court. Be seated. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Todd Marquart, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867, or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt.
1: Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 930 AM The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and on talklawradio.com. The purpose of Talk Law Radio is to talk about the law and uh, how it relates to you and your business. I'm the host, Todd Marquart. It's played on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, KLUP in San Antonio, Texas, and surrounding areas. Uh, we broadcast live on Saturdays at 11 o'clock in the morning, and Uh, We do this for about an hour uh, with some commercial breaks. We're trying to reach those who have questions about the law to help you discover your hidden blind spots. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or an investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Also, new businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs. Family limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in guardianships, probate, real estate, breach of contract, and serious injury. Check out our blog at Marquartlawfirm.com and read about searching for a lost will and planning for a vacation. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Thank you for allowing me to be on the radio today to talk about the law. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Help me to give good information to the listeners today about probate law. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. What's happening and what are the legal issue blind spots you need to hear about? You can email host at talklawradio.com or find the live stream on Facebook Live and Ask your question in one of the comments. You can also call right now at 210-308-8867 and ask a question live on the air today, Saturday, January fifteenth, two 2022. So today is going to be a great show. This is episode number 105, I began doing Talk Law Radio in July 2019. I'm excited to be back in the studio today. I think uh, December 8th was the last time I was in the, in the studio uh, because of the Christmas holiday and then the, the New Year's holiday. Um, but also the last month has been uh, particularly difficult for me because on December 13th, my mom was admitted to the hospital uh, for a heart attack, and I tried to remain by her side as best I could. The hospital had a policy of only allowing one visitor per 24-hour period, something having to do with uh, the pandemic. Since my mom has four children, um, I could only visit part of the time. Uh, my siblings were, were also visiting. Tragically, mom failed to recover, and on December 27th, she was called home to heaven. Many of you know that my mom was Talk Law Radio's biggest fan. She will be missed. I'm comforted by God's promise of her salvation. So, let's talk about Texas probate law today. Um, One of our listeners emailed uh, some questions about probate procedures, and this gave me the idea to talk about some of the probate requirements in the Texas Estates Code and some of the changes the legislature made that became effective in September 2021. Again, if you have questions about probate today, call us at the station at 210 308 8867 that's 308 8867 so some of the first things that an executor or administrator of an estate will need to pay attention to are our specific deadlines and you'll need an attorney you have to have an attorney And uh, I'll explain why a little bit later, um, because that's what the courts require in in these types of proceedings. You can represent yourself in your own divorce and in your own DWI, but when it comes to probate and trust administration, uh, the executor or trustee must have an attorney. So some of the statutory requirements that everybody has to follow would be after your, your hearing, you have to sign an oath where you promise to do a good job. Now your attorney is there to help you uh, fulfill the requirements of the court and do a good job in administering the estate or the trust, Um, But one of the requirements is you have to sign that oath within 20 days. And since all of this is, you know, in the public laws, uh, I'm not really giving you specific advice. I'm just telling you what's in the law. Another thing you have to do after the court hearing is you have to notify the deceased person's creditors. Uh, within 30 days after qualifying, after uh, getting your letters testamentary or your letters of administration, you'll publish a notice in a newspaper in the county where the deceased person passed away. Uh, just giving general notice to creditors that uh, that so and so passed away, and uh, a probate uh, administration is in progress, and an address where creditors can mail their claims and their bills and their invoices. Within two months, you need to send a certified or registered letter, return receipt requested, to secure creditors. A secured creditor would be like the mortgage bank of, for real estate or uh the the car loan holder uh, because those people have or those entities have a security interest in property they they have an interest in the collateral if payment is not made you also have to notify notify the beneficiaries and this this is a specific question that somebody asked uh, within 60 days, the beneficiaries need to be notified. And there's uh, exceptions, and, and there's, there's always exceptions, though, right? So you need to ask your attorney about this. But the general rule is that within 60 days of qualifying, of being issued letters testamentary or letters of administration, the executor or administrator is supposed to send a letter notifying the beneficiaries that there's probate and sending a copy of the will. So there you have it. Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We'll be right back to talk more about Texas probate law.
2: Able to care for yourself or your home. Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuits to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210 530 4278. That's 210 530 4278.
1: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marcourt. here with you talking about Texas probate law. And we were uh, talking about notice to beneficiaries. Uh, it reminds me of a common question sometimes people ask about whether we're going to have uh, a reading of the will. You have to remember back in the olden days, not everybody knew how to read. And so it was the lawyer's job to read the will because the others may not know how to read. And so they need that, that's the notice that they were getting that they were a beneficiary is a, a spoken oral notice. Nowadays, uh, I guess society expects everybody knows how to read. And so the executor is only required to mail a letter and a copy of the will. And it's the beneficiary's uh, responsibility to find somebody to read it if they're not able to read and or to hire an attorney to get some legal advice about that, you know, if, it, if they don't understand what the will means. We try, at least I do, when I write a will to make it uh, easy to understand Um, But some wills were written a long time ago, and they may have been written with Old English style of uh, grammar, and that might make it difficult to understand. Uh, It just may be difficult to understand because of legal principles that, that has to be in there in order to make things precise in a legal way, because we're ultimately trying to transfer title from the deceased person's name to the living beneficiaries. And in order to accomplish that, um, certain legal requirements have to be met. And there's different ways of accomplishing that. You, uh, a deceased person, when, when they write the will, we, we call them the testator because they're making a testamentary uh, written Uh, bequest, they can put conditions on the gifts. That makes it more complicated, and so the legal language might be difficult to understand for that reason. So beneficiaries always are allowed to hire an attorney to represent their interests if they they want that. Because uh, even though the executor has a duty to Uh, carry out the terms of the will, uh, the beneficiary may want more specific advice on on what the beneficiary's rights and remedies are. So the next thing that an executor or administrator should do, uh, there's a 90-day requirement that an inventory or affidavit be submitted to the court about what the deceased person owned. Some people really hate this. They don't want a public record of of what they owned uh, being filed in the uh, you know so the public can see. So if you don't like that, there are other ways of making testamentary gifts upon death. Uh, one is uh, by life insurance or uh, through a bank, pay on death, or transfer on death designations. Uh, you can also set up a trust. Uh, trust uh, doesn't have to go through the probate process because um, uh, the the law doesn't require it. Technically, trust assets are not assets of the deceased person's estate. It's in a separate entity called the trust. So. For those uh, estates that do end up going through the probate process, an an inventory or affidavit has to be filed within 90 days. So those are some general provisions, some general things that all uh, administrators and executors should do. I want to talk about... um, The difference between executor and administrator. A friend of mine who who does real estate, uh, he's a realtor, real estate agent, asked me that one time. I don't remember if I've addressed it yet. An executor uh, is the person that uh, qualifies and was nominated in a will, was named in the will to be the executor. Now, Sometimes the, all the people named in the will-to-be executor are deceased or they don't qualify because um, they've gotten in trouble with the law, so then somebody can be appointed independent administrator. Now, the code has has been rev, revised and amended over the last few years, and uh, Some references that said independent executor are being changed to independent administrator. Just note that the definition of independent executor includes independent administrator, but not all independent administrators are independent executors. So I know that's confusing, but I've said it. (laughs) I've tried to explain it um just talk to your lawyer about it if you have more specific questions i was saying uh earlier too that you have to have an attorney representing you in this type of procedure uh in in probate because he doesn't just represent himself He's also uh, representing the interests of the beneficiaries. And the same is true of a, a trustee. Whether a trustee of a trust has the same right to represent himself in his representative capacity as his individual capacity is not the case. So there was a, a court case um, that's, uh, the name on that's uh, difficult to pronounce. I would say get or slow." from 2010. So the trial court found the trustee of a trust cannot appear in a court pro se. That's that's what they call it when you represent yourself because to do so would amount to unauthorized practice of law. The, the term trust is not just a separate legal entity, but it's a fiduciary relationship uh, between the trustee, the trust property, and the beneficiaries. So if a suit is brought against a trust, it really should be brought against the trustee because he's the representative of that relationship. In Steele versus McDonald, the court held that A non-attorney cannot appear pro se in his capacity as independent executor. Actions of a trustee affect the trust and therefore affect the interest of the beneficiaries. Because a trustee acts in a representative capacity on behalf of the trust's beneficiaries, he can't uh, represent himself. So that's why you have to have an attorney. Um, There was another case. I think this is the Steele case. Um, There was a question about whether uh, one of the parties could appear pro se as independent executor. Um, The court said no. Texas courts have consistently held that a, a non-attorney may not appear pro se on behalf of a corporation. So this got me thinking about um, what's going on in a person's life when, when they're trying to wrap up their, their loved one's affairs, when they're filing for probate. Well, first of all, they're grieving the death and loss of a loved one, so that you know that's difficult. And I was reminded of that recently, and so I, I was looking for some scripture online, and I found a, a webpage uh, from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Fremont, Wisconsin. They had a very simple site dedicated to this when grieving. Um, in the Bible, uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 4, says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. In the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That's Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 12 through 18, it says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. The prayer with this uh, website is Lord Jesus you came to this earth to bear our griefs and carry our sorrows. We are grieved by many things, most often by the changes in this world and by the loss of the people in things we hold dear. Remind us that you are our greatest treasure, our dearest friend, our faithful Savior. Amen. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Texas probate law, uh, more about what administration of an estate is, and different ways that you can accomplish that same goal to either make things easier for you or make things easier for your beneficiaries. I like to ask our clients at the law firm uh, what their ultimate goals are, how they want to get things done. And usually there's different ways of accomplishing that. So we take our clients' goals in mind when providing legal services. If you have any questions, give us a call here at the radio station at 210-308-8867 or email host at talklawradio.com. Stay tuned.
0: Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group.
1: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. And we're trying to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today we're talking about Texas probate law. And I just finished talking about some of the requirements that an executor or administrator has to do uh, when they've been appointed by the court. And then we talked a little bit about grieving. And now I want to take a more of a bird's eye view, and uh, explain what is the purpose of probate, because I get that question a lot. So the word probate comes from the Latin word probare, which means to test or prove. And so one of the purposes of the probate court is to uh, require that someone prove the validity of the will. So not all wills are valid. Some wills are are written on a napkin, and they're not valid because they don't comply with the requirements set forth in the Texas estate code. And uh, so even attorney-drafted wills have to be submitted for the the review of the court. Now, you can go through probate even if you don't have a will, but it's much more complicated because we don't know who you wanted to be your executor and we don't know who you wanted to receive your things and your assets upon your death. So if you don't have a will, the state of Texas has written one for you, just uh, default measures of who gets your assets if, if there's no will. So if you want to have a say in who is going to carry out your last wishes and wrap up your affairs and who's going to get your assets, then you should write a will. So what two things have to happen in order for a will to be useful? Number one, you have to die because a will says what happens with your things after you pass away. Number two, a judge has to agree that the will is valid. So that's when the the judge signs an order probating the will. That means that it's valid. And so financial institutions and real estate title companies may not honor the will unless it's accompanied by letters testamentary. I get a lot of questions. um, uh, Somebody will come in with a letter from an insurance company or from a a financial company, a bank, or an investment company, and they say, I need a letter. (laughs) Well... Letters testamentary really isn't a letter. It's uh, a a document that the court prepares. It's on special paper usually, kind of like a death certificate that says that an executor or administrator's been appointed. It says who that person is and, and what day that occurred. That's the letters testamentary or letters of administration. So then you... You take that to the bank or to the insurance company or to the um, investment company, and and that's what lets them know that that person has authority to uh, make decisions about the estate. So let's talk a little bit about who should that be. Who should you nominate to be executor? Well, you want to think about... Um, Whether you want this to be easy or or difficult, Uh, do you know somebody that's going to carry out what you wanted? Are they they going to listen to you? Did they listen to you while you were alive? (laughs) Did they take your advice and suggestions? So some people name their kids, some people name their siblings, some people name their trusted friends. Um so you just have to decide that in your own mind and you you want to choose somebody who has not been in trouble with the law and has not been in trouble with their finances because um you want somebody who's going to take care of your finances um like a reasonable prudent person would and if if they haven't paid their bills maybe they shouldn't be appointed to pay your bills you could name a bank or a trust company now they're supposed to be professionals at that um, because they've uh, do that all day every day as uh, a way to earn a living Uh, but they charge a fee for that so uh, I've I've seen some that charge around 1% of the total assets, some charge 2%, you know, but that's up to them. And if if it's a continuing uh, year-by-year administration, then, you know, they charge that same percentage each year. A family member, you might pay less than that because uh, presumably they're not... A professional at, at doing that every day, and they might have their own day job, and uh, they may not think that it's necessary for them to be paid. So maybe you don't pay them. Maybe you pay them a flat rate. Maybe you decide on a, a certain percentage of the estate. Okay, so the administrator. Uh, or executor is going to have a fiduciary duty, that means that they have to um, follow your instructions and act in, in your best interest. And so you decide this when you're alive um, so that people don't have to fight about this after you're gone. Um, if, if you have several beneficiaries uh, and, and there's no will, or you have heirs, people that would be entitled to uh, inherit from your estate if you had no will, they might all think that they're going to do the best job at being your administrator. So this is something they might fight about, and then some of your estate might be used to pay attorney's fees for the fight that could have been avoided. So, we talked about some of the things that the executor or administrator would do: um, sending notice to creditors and beneficiaries, paying the bills, looking at the mail. Um, and if there's not enough assets of the estate to pay all of the bills, then it's sort of like a, a mini-bankruptcy because um, maybe not everybody's going to be paid the full amount. So the administrator is going to have to make a record of of all these bills and and make a record of uh what assets are available to pay those bills. There's going to be have to be funeral arrangements and so the executor is going to have to find money to pay for that and and possibly organize the funeral, but there's other ways of um dealing with the funeral when you're alive you can prepay for that the pre-need funeral plan you can decide in advance that you want to be buried or cremated uh, you can even pay for it and they, they say you're gonna pay for it in full but in my experience most people have additional costs after that so you might want to ask your funeral director what additional costs might need to be paid after I'm gone, and you might want to set aside uh, life insurance money for that as well. If you want to make things easy on your family and your loved ones, you can uh, sign a document. Uh, Texas has a specific uh, way where you can decide in advance how you want your remains to be disposed of. This is under the the health and safety code. You can make it very specific, or you can just say, I shall be buried or I shall be cremated, and and let the others decide. What I have found to be helpful is to uh, have clients fill out an additional worksheet about more personal, more specific uh wishes how the funeral service should go. That makes things really easy on the survivors because um they don't have to argue about how things should be done. It's it's written there and the deceased person has said in their own handwriting how they want things done. It's not real fun to fill that document out and you can be as specific or as general as you want. Everything that you do decide to write down will be appreciated for those that you leave behind. This is Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marcourt on 9:30 a.m. the answer. You can also uh, listen to this again or listen to other episodes on iTunes, uh, podcasts, or you can go to talklawradio.com. You can also find more information about some of these topics by going to morecourtlawfirm.com. There are blogs there with some information that you can read about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: no longer able to care for yourself or your home. Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuit to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marcourt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278.
1: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marcourt talking about Texas probate law today. We talked about some of the specific requirements, and I, I was going to talk about some of the changes that the legislature made, um, but my notes didn't transfer electronically like I wanted them to, and so I apologize for that. If you email me, I can send... Uh, a short list of, of some laws that, that I was going to talk about. None of them are really exciting, um, but I was just going to list them off, and I don't have my list, so I apologize for that. I will keep talking about Texas probate law. Um, some of the things that executors and administrators have to do and keep in mind is uh, taxes, Estate taxes, income taxes, capital gains taxes, generation-skipping transfer taxes. And so this is another reason you need a lawyer or a good certified public accountant to help make sure that all of that's done correctly. probably also need to open an estate account at a bank, and you can do that um, after you get your letters testamentary or letters of administration and after you get your tax ID number, also known as uh, EIN or TIN, and the attorney or accountant can help you uh, get that unique number because it's you're not going to use the deceased person's Social Security number because that that number ceases to be effective after death and you're not going to use your social security number because this isn't your money yet its uh, assets of the estate which is a separate entity and so it has to have its own tax number so usually the uh, executor or administrator will have to file a final 1040 uh, annual tax return for the deceased person in the year that they passed away and they'll also might have to pit, might have to file a 1041 annual tax return uh, for the estate if uh, if the state earns income like from interest or dividends. Also, the executor or administrator might have to file an estate tax return and. So you you might have to do that if the estate is worth millions. Now there's an estate tax exemption this year of uh 11,700,000. Now that might be 2021. I'll have to update my notes on that too. So the estate tax return is form 706 and uh, you don't have to file that unless uh, you're trying to claim your deceased spouse's unused exemption or you're really going to have to uh, possibly pay a federal estate tax if the value of your estate exceeds the exemption. Now the the exemption is going to change unless Congress and Washington uh, changes the law because the exemption law sunsets at the end of 2025. So, in January 1st, 2026, the exemption is going to be about half, probably be around somewhere around six million. So, there are things that you can do to to plan for that. So, just call your favorite estate planning attorney, have a discussion. Okay. Next, I'd like to talk about legacy. So um, you could have, you know, a whole big reason, a big goal in mind for those that are going to inherit from you. I like to ask people, um, what do you hope that your beneficiaries will achieve by receiving an inheritance? And some people have reasons and some people don't. Um, some ideas and suggestions that, that I give that I've heard over the years about why people would um, leave an inheritance is to further impact society. So the, you, you can't take your money with you. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be buried with your money because you, you want to make a further impact. So this is your social capital, and the your memory and your impact can live on by uh, the resources that you gave to contribute to a specific cause, like uh, a charity or uh, educational institution or maybe some scientific or medical uh, research or service that you want to uh, further impact. You might want your kids or grandkids to get their education. That's very common and there's different ways of accomplishing that. You can just leave them the money and, and hope and pray that they use it for their education. But my dad always said that more money makes you more of what you already are. If you're a charitable person, you'll probably give more. If uh, you have problems with um, substance abuse, you might use those funds just to abuse more substances. If you're an educational person, you might educate yourself more. If you're a traveling person, you might travel more. And so I, I... encourage people to think about what the ultimate use of these funds and assets might be. Uh, I remember a family years ago, maybe a decade ago, um they they wanted some of the assets to be used for charity and some of the assets to be used for family. And so they had a lot of goals, lots of different Objectives to meet, and you can you can do that with your will or with a trust, and and make specific bequests to to who, and to which institutions, and for what purposes. You don't have to dream up all this stuff on your own. It, it's helpful to have somebody giving you advice. That's why uh, attorneys are there. That brings to mind, um, besides money assets, specific things. How do I decide who's going to get those things? Well, you can be very specific and write into the will what each thing is and who it's going to go to. Um, That can be very complicated and time-consuming. And that's okay because we're there to help you accomplish your goals. Um, You could say that you just want your beneficiaries to agree among themselves how to divide things up. And uh, that works for some people. (laughs) As you can imagine, um, different people are different. And they might have different ideas about how that should be done. And, you know, they they can complain. And so something to remember is uh, even though it, that's allowed and it's legal to write it that way, uh, it still might cause heartache and conflict between the beneficiaries. They might argue. They might um, say and do things that will... Uh, cause emotional distress among the other beneficiaries. And so if you want to do your best to clear that up before it happens, maybe you should be specific. But these are things that you decide you, you want a specific person to have it. Of course, some people say, it doesn't matter to me who gets it. Some people say, I I want things to be donated to certain charities. That can all be done. But if you have a specific reason for a specific person to have a specific thing, I say write it in there. Because otherwise, they might not get it. They may not... um, Have that feeling or or get that emotion or fulfill that purpose that you secretly wished that they would. Because if it's not written down, it's not going to be remembered. It may not be followed. I always say put it in writing. And you want to have an attorney do it because you don't want to ruin the will. You don't want to just write on the will. You want to have an attorney write it in there using good legal practices. So that's something that is going to be very helpful for your beneficiaries and for your executor because ultimately we want for the your affairs to be wrapped up and your administration to be taken care of in in the best way possible, because like I said at the beginning of today's show, everybody's grieving and you don't want to add stress upon stress. You don't want to force grieving people to have to negotiate with one another about what should be done because they don't know what you wanted. So these are some ideas that you might want to take to your attorney to make things easier on your family. And the the easiest thing for you is probably to do nothing, right? Because then you don't have to hire an attorney. You don't have to go through the anguish of having to decide these things. But then you leave something very difficult for everybody else later after you pass away. If you want to make things easier for your loved ones, the people who are going to be called your beneficiaries, you write a will, and you name an executor, and you write some specific things in there. If you want to make things easier still, you could use a trust instead of a will and bypass probate altogether. That way, they don't have to go down to the courthouse. They don't have to file things that are going to be public records. Um, but all of this uh, depends on you and your family circumstances, depends on what you want to accomplish. So it's best for these things to be tailor made to your situation. Call an attorney, get some advice, tune in to Talk Law Radio. Uh, You can find us on 930 AM, The Answer, Apple Podcasts, or TalkLawRadio.com. Email host at TalkLawRadio.com with your suggestions. Listen up next time.